Okay, hi everybody. Uh, this is Davut with you guys today. I would like to start our first episode by introducing my co-host, uh, who is Patrick. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Davut. Thanks for having me. Very exciting. Yeah, it is exciting indeed. How are you doing? Very well. This stuck in Singapore, stuck with all the lockdown quarantine requirements. But looking forward to talk to you today. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, it's crazy times, man. And I hear it's worse in Singapore with the lockdown than anywhere else I know. Yeah, I think South, South America, one or two countries are even worse than here. Okay. But well, it is how it is. Okay. Nothing under our control. So since, you know, the first, the intro episode, I was kind of, talking about the podcast and talked about my background i thought uh, since we we are co-hosts it would be good to have a first guest my actual co-host patrick so this is going to be the first episode and patrick is going to talk about his experience because he actually came to the united states uh how many years ago eight eight years ago eight, eight years ago to the same university with me where I was already a student, and that's how we met. And you were an exchange student, right? Correct. So we, we have a format that we kind of going to follow, but this is very uh, non-formal podcast, you know, very conversational. So it's just whatever direction it goes, kind of. So I think the good way to start would be, you know, like if you can say when you decided to come to the U.S. and how. Sure, sure. Let me introduce myself quickly, Davut. So, mm -hmm. you listeners, so my name is Patrick. Maybe you have guessed already due to my accent. I'm German. <laughs> yeah, so born in a very, on the countryside, growing up on a farm. Then at one point, I decided, oh, I need to do a bit more in my life. So I went for university. Then quickly after starting university, I realized, oh, if I have any ambitious career goals or want to have any chances to get a great or good internship in one of the big names in the, com in the company world, I have to do a, a semester abroad, an exchange semester. Otherwise, I don't have this competitive edge in my CV. So having that in mind, I think already in my second semester in university, I was looking around what to do, where I can go for a semester abroad. And yeah, the idea really was mainly about to push my CV and to learn and improve my English at that time. Okay. I mean, obviously, there are tons of benefits which you have from studying abroad. Being... I mean, first, it's probably the first time you live and study outside your home country. And people who do that tend to be more motivated or flexible and even independent because you have your own life. You cannot depend on your parents anymore. And yeah, yeah and due to that, you learn excellent English skills from native speakers, which you can never do in your home country. And as well, it's a different country. You will be more outgoing 
confident and communicative. Otherwise, you will be a loner. So it definitely helps to form your character and personality. So that's definitely a good one. Okay. What, what, But coming back uh, to your question. So, yeah. When and why I decided to move to the uh, to come to the U.S. to do this there. So it was pretty much in the middle of 2011, um, doing the after this before the summer break. We had like this little get together where all these different universities and different organizations um, introduced their programs where you can go to study abroad. The majority was mostly in Europe. There's a European program. I don't know if it's international. It's called ISEC. But the okay. thing with that was, it doesn't have the best reputation if you put it on your CV. So most of the people <laughs> associate such semesters with, oh, it's just a, a break. You just go there for partying and drinking. Because you usually choose countries <laughs> which are at the beach, which are cheap, and the names of the universities are not great. But for me, it was really about to push my CV to have the competitive edge when, it, when I move one day into the job market. So, okay. and to study in the US, and I think most of the people would agree with that, it actually does matter if you're at a top university or not. So studying in the US gives, gives you always the advantage above any other university in Europe. I mean, of course, there are some exceptions in Europe, like the really top top ones but mm -hmm. that aside the uh, study in us gives you this advantage and to have a spot there yeah this is this was mainly the reason why okay. did i choose uh, yeah well were there any options like going to asian countries or anything like that so At that time, yeah, there were already a lot of opportunities to go to Asia, mostly, mm -hmm. mostly China or Singapore at that time, Hong Kong. When Hong Kong was also quite famous. But at that time, I wasn't really looking for Asia yet. So I can't remember how many opportunities we had to go to Asia. So... For me, my university had a partnership with Wright State. Okay. And with that in mind, I was mostly focusing to go to the US and to go to Wright State. Because at that point, yeah, we didn't have to pay the, um, the fee for Wright State to study there for the semester. It was covered during the, with the partnership program. And mm -hmm. Students have been there before, or one of our professors, he gives their guest lectures. So it was kind of easier to know what to expect. They gave you tips already. So it made it quite convenient and comfortable to choose right state instead of choosing your luck in another country or go to Asia. Yeah, because I remember that before you, since I was there already for a couple of years, I've met some Germans, I think, from your university that came before you. Yes, correct. 
um, well, that kind of leads us into the next section where we usually would talk about, uh, you know, that the whole process and the visa type. So would you, would you care to talk about that a little? Yeah, sure. So the visa progress actually is not that difficult. So as an exchange student, you need a G visa. All you have to do is you go to the website, you fill out the form, and you send this form to the embassy. This is actually the easy part. But now there comes a bit of a hustle aside. So once the embassy approved the, the document, which mm -hmm. is the usual document, you fill out all your, your details, you have it's a picture. But now a more tricky part is, first of all, you have to send with you a bank statement that in any case of you falling sick or um, you don't have... The, yeah, in case of any case, you have to have a bank statement that tells yeah. you you have enough money aside that you can go back and not that the U.S. government has to pay for you. So this is I something... I think it's universal. Yeah, I think it's for every... Not just student visa. I think anytime you apply for any kind of visa to America, you have to prove that you have significant funds in the bank. Yeah. And I think at that time it was... 20,000 euro. Oh, you were rich, yeah. rich country boy. <laughs> yeah, I asked all my neighbors to put the fund together for me. <laughs> so, but this is already quite a challenge. So if your parents cannot guarantee it for you, nah, that's already one of the prerequisites. Yeah. But in case you have the bank statement, you filled out a form, on top, you have to send an insurance. So you have to set up a separate uh, medical insurance with the minimum benefit levels that the program mm -hmm. requires. And you have to put this one into the application as well. If these two things, you already sent them and they approve the document, you have to drive to the embassy for an interview. Have you have a one-to-one -one interview with one of the consular officers. Mm -hmm. So I think we have two embassies or three embassies in Germany from the US, in Berlin, in Frankfurt, and I think one in the south in Munich. So you have to get an appointment, you drive there. First of all, before you have the interview, you have to pay a fee, which is 160 US dollars. Okay. And then you have your interview. The interview will be in English. And you, the officer will ask you questions like why you want to study in the U.S. How does it relate to your career goals or school goals, etc. So if your English is fine and you can convince him, pretty easy. The interview takes two, three minutes. That's done. Mm -hmm. And I never heard of anyone who failed the interview. But I was just going to ask you, you know, like if you know anybody who never got the visa. I have not met anyone, but I'm pretty sure if you Google it and do a bit of research, I'm sure there are a few 
who did not make it through this process. Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. You pay your fee, you pay your insurance, and that's it. And that's it. And if this is covered, you convince the officer, they give you your visa. I mean, yeah, they give you your visa by the way. You leave your passport there, and two weeks later, you can come back and pick up your passport. Okay. And your interview was pretty quick, right? Yeah, I think it was like two minutes. I asked you, hey, what's your name? Uh, you want to study there and there? Yes. And why are you going there? And then you say something. Um, it's a great opportunity to go in an amazing country like the U.S. It would give <laughs> me the opportunity and helps me to push my CV and to grow as a person, to see a different culture. I'm really excited for this and thankful that you take your time to interview me. And wow. it's basically done. That's good. I, I had to do that interview every year because I was only given a visa for one year. So my entire undergraduate and graduate school. But I never had any issues. But I know personally some people who did have issues. But honestly, some of them were, I don't want to say, well, it was kind of their fault. You know what I mean? Like some would have, uh, I think one guy had a DUI, OVI. So he was driving drunk. Oh. And he got caught by police and he failed to get an visa next year he was trying to come back and then another one i think was because uh the person couldn't keep the gpa high enough uh and even though the university didn't kick them out for some reason the embassy didn't let them come back and oh, then another, yeah and then and a few other like i know some uh, especially girls younger girls have more difficult time and I think it's different between Germany and Azerbaijan because you know like it's, Germany is considered and it is like western country you know like people more uh, migrate more from eastern Europe to the United States there are more cases you know where people stay in the states on tourist visa over state or whatever than from yeah. Germany so they're already suspicious of these people, especially when they say young female. Uh, like I know a lot of girls from my university, in Azerbaijan or my school, and even friends who got declined. And they, they really didn't have any reason to decline other than that they say that you don't have enough connections to your home country. Like you don't have any kids or you don't have a good job here. So there's nothing stopping you from just staying in the United States. So just, uh, you know, like every experience is very different on the visa interview. Yeah. But the student visa is usually the, I think it is one of the easiest ones, you know. Yeah, it's the easiest. I think as long as you can cover the bank, if you have the bank statement and you cover the fees, you're pretty good to go. But speaking about the fees, I uh -huh. mean, usually to study in the US, you have to program fees. And I remember at that time, for us, it was about three and a half thousand euro for one semester <clears throat> to study abroad. And these program fees, 
you either pay yourself or as a German citizen, we have like a monetary support from the government. So mm -hmm. if your parents fall under under um, under a criteria where they do not earn enough money to support you on that, so basically the government jumps in and covers your your program fee of up to I think four to five thousand euro for one semester, as well as they give you some monthly support for housing, food, etc. So for all the German students, even if you do not get the scholarship, actually the government helps you to fund the program fees for you. And that's actually a question, how is it for you? Does your government offer the same? Because I remember that time when we had like dinner with one of the people from UAE, etc. They actually, their government paid for them as well every month. And they got quite a nice package, I remember. Yeah, I think, uh, well, my, I didn't go through the, any government program, but there are very limited programs. And it's only because uh, Azerbaijan is oil rich. It's very focused on like specific degrees, like engineering, And you have to sign a contract basically that you're going to come back and work for the company. And the government barely supports any, especially in the United States, getting education. Okay. So, yeah. So it what was, your, uh, what? What are for your other friends from other countries? What's your experience with that? I know that, uh, well, I know that people from the Gulf area, they get really good scholarships and they get uh, stipends monthly. Uh, I think it's like up to several thousands of dollars for people from uh, Emirates and Saudi Arabia. Um, like <laughs> we played, I don't know if you remember, we played soccer with them a lot throughout the yes. school. So they always, we, everybody was always surprised by them. You know, they come in and then a few months later they have nice cars and everything, but it's actually paid by the government. And my roommate was uh, Saudi Arabian and they gave him a ticket each year, business class, round trip to go home and back. So it depends, you know, it depends on the country, depends on the benefits you get. Unfortunately, <laughs> My country didn't really give me anything. So. <laughs> yeah, I remember the cost they had was, it was impressive. Yeah. But I mean, we can talk about the cost and the daily life a bit later. Now uh -huh. that we just finished up the program fees, um, I just want to mention quickly something about Once you enroll in the university, up front, if, um, actually even before you look for housing, you should check online, or oh, that was the case for me that time, I, I had to check online the courses. I had to check up front which courses were available in the semester I wanted to go, which ones are the ones that helped me the most for my home university degree, and then... You have to. You had to be super fast on the night where they 
open the website that you could sign up for classes because I remember it's first come first serve basis and mm -hmm. some of the popular courses they were filled so quick and yeah so the chances that you might end up not getting anything at the end or not the ones you wanted so that's actually a tip I have for everyone that's a very good advice because from. I got frustrated I didn't know anything about uh, online registration Especially, you know, 2011, it was still kind of, kind of newish, you know. So, it was very new to me, you know. Like, oh, I have to register online for a class, which before I have to take a paper and go to a professor and shit like that, you know, like <laughs> sign up for that. Yeah, yeah. Remember that was such a hassle. And luckily, I knew it up front that people also told me to check it online. And yeah, I, I remember it was like 12, or I was midnight. I was sitting on my computer refreshing the website just to be in one of the <laughs> early ones to sign up for all the classes I wanted. So, which I was lucky. That's good. All right. So, talking about the courses and we can... I guess we can talk about arriving to the United States now. Like yeah. house, housing, things like that. Yeah. So arriving, I mean, pretty, it's going on a holiday. As long as you have your visa, you take the flight and they let you in. It's super chill. I mean, as long as they, you have the visa up front, it's like going on a holiday trip. There's nothing tricky or fancy about it. I think the housing situation, it's the more interesting one because you're planning to stay at the university for multiple months, two years. So you want to make sure that, first of all, you have a nice place or you have, first of all, you have a roof over your head, but then also <laughs> yeah. one that suits your personal preferences. So I don't know how it was it for you. I mean, I mean, I know Wright said offers a few varieties of housing. Either you live on campus or off campus, and then off campus you have the place you live, or you can go further up the street where you can just rent a house, or on campus itself. So that was the option we had as an exchange student, to live on campus. And when they first told me, oh yeah, you, you get a room, on the campus, but you have to share this room with another person, um, <laughs> same sex, of course. And I was shocked. I mean, I was 21 or 22 that time, and I have never shared a room with anyone. So, whoa, I was, this was terrible. So I tried to do everything I could not to live with someone in the <laughs> wait you never lived you don't have any siblings right no you know so you always had your own room yes uh, but okay that makes sense when i first came to Wright state they for some reason they said that first semester i had to leave on campus and they gave me i think like one or two options and the one i chose it was called Hamilton Hall. <laughs> it was a <laughs> it was a building for uh, 
it was uh, the closest one to campus. And it was like disability friendly, you know, like all the all the people like in the wheelchair or any with other disabilities lived in it. And it was second floor was all guys, and the third floor was all girls. Uh, and it was terrible. Uh, the room was tiny, and I had to share it with a with another guy, and. It was literally just one room and we had like bunk beds. Uh, I mean, no kitchen, nothing like that. And we had showers and restrooms on the floor. So for one semester, I had to survive like that. Yeah, lucky I did <laughs> not <laughs> to do that. So I think when I came, I was like kind of a unique situation because my girlfriend at that time, she also went to White State with me to the same, at the same time. So we actually applied to get an apartment for ourselves on campus. So there are some apartments which have, you either can share, you have your own kitchen. It's like basically a full two bedroom apartment, which are usually for young families. I can't remember the area that how it was called, but it was, yeah. you know, it was I know the to, area. Yeah. yeah. So we were very lucky. So we, we basically got an unfurnished apartment on campus, but with kitchen, own bathroom. So all we had to do was to buy a mattress to sleep on and then some friends we met, they gave us a TV. We bought some plates and cutlery. So we basically had a, our own apartment, unfurnished, was pretty nice. And we could escape to share a room with other people. So we even asked that time if we can share the room with each other, but they did not allow it. They really separated guys and girls between houses. So... I think this is also important to mention, you know, like if you come from a different country, it's very different. I mean, even between the American people in the different states, the cultures are different. So, you know, like some people, especially living together, and if you share a room or a kitchen or like in some cultures, it's okay to like share food and other cultures, it's like people don't want to share anything and are more private so you have to make sure that you somehow address you i i've been in a position where i was randomly put in with people and it it, it didn't go very well you know like for whatever reason you know it, and it leads leads to people moving out you being upset or so just make sure that the housing is very important you have to make sure you have a like you said a roof over your head and when you come in, you're ready to, ready to go. School and housing. I mean, for me, it was a nightmare when they told me I have to live with someone else, which I <laughs> choose I have never met before. Ah, I mean, this was already put me under a stressful situation. So I'm kind of a, I like it to be clean and organized, nothing to lay around but also at night 
I don't, I don't like any noise. So, and then thinking about to share with someone in the room and you don't know if this guy cleans or throws his dirty clothes all around the place <laughs> or snores at night or I don't know, you know, leave the toilet That's open. That's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> disgusting food and let it lay around in in the room for a few days or doesn't open the window at night during sleeping and puts the heater on, all this stuff. I mean, it can make your stay really painful and annoying. So you smartly have to sort this out up front. Yeah, the best if you have any friends coming with you or if you know somebody. Because you want to make friends, but especially it's cheaper to live with somebody than by yourself. Fully agree. I mean, then this actually you also have the opportunity to live off campus. And then you have these fancy condos with pool and your yeah, kitchen, maybe a little gym, and you can, yeah, choose it with your buddies to live with. I mean, I did not have the opportunity to go there, but now when I'm checking the websites now, it's actually open for everyone to live off campus. But that's what you did. So maybe you can share with the audience how you came up to live and where, how much it was for you. Yeah, uh, you know, I just meeting people and realizing that they they live in a much better condition than you are. Uh, you know, like I met some friends and I go to their apartment and they're like, I'm like, you guys have a kitchen? <laughs> like you have a balcony? what so from i moved a few times i moved to another on-campus place kind of like the one you lived in so i had the little kitchen area then i eventually moved off campus when i bought a car because this is another big deal that we're going to talk about right the commute yes so like once i had the car i moved off campus which was cheaper than living on campus and I mean, it was more fun because, you know, house parties, everything like that. It had pool, it had a volleyball court, a gym. It was amazing. I mean, compared to living on campus and paying twice as much, if not more, it was a no brainer, you know, like easily best, better deal. Yeah, you had a master bedroom anyway with your own bathroom. So mm -hmm. there's really nothing to complain about. So that kind of leads to the next step that we're going to talk about daily life and shopping and things like that. Yeah, good point. So first of all, living in the U.S. or studying at the right state, without a car, the, the commute or to go grocery shopping becomes very, very tricky. There are supermarkets on the campus, which are small, maybe a bit more expensive, but you have the, everything, the big supermarkets outside of campus. You have the awesome fast food chains, restaurants, everything is outside. Without a car, you're a bit lost. And unfortunately, there aren't many bus lines available or a tram, like a subway. <clears throat> There's nothing like this. So you don't have a car, 
you better find friends with a car. Yeah. Because if well at right state you might as well walk to the store instead of the bus station because bus station was further away than <laughs> the store. Yeah. And I, you have to wait for a bus 3 hours or so. Yeah, did the situation change over the last years? Is it now like a frequent is it now easier to travel by bus? No, I I want to say because the public transportation in the states just in general outside of megapolis like big cities like chicago or new york or los angeles pretty much like boston and there's a handful of cities that has like public transportation that you can rely on like in europe or asia you know like you have a, a subway in azerbaijan or russia that comes every 4 minutes and that's the main commute and here especially in ohio places like that nothing like that the bus comes every 3 hours sometimes it doesn't come <laughs> and they're trying to make it more like bike friendly and things like that but it's still because the distance is so long and everybody has a car everything has drive through <laughs> so everything yeah. is made so you just walk in sweatpants out of your house into the car and go buy what you need and drive back home so but i remember in the winter before i had the car in ohio it was terrible like you had to walk i remember walking with a cart grocery cart to meyer and then back it was terrible and god forbid you forget something <laughs> you're <laughs> really screwed <laughs> Yeah, the weather makes it definitely difficult. Yeah, so that this is something I found interesting. That there's really no public transport. I mean, on the other side, cars are cheap, fuel is cheap, but if you only live there for a short time, it does make sense to buy a car. If you're there for a longer time, I mean, it's actually one of the must-have just to get a car. Yeah. And I. I lasted one year, and after one year, I bought the car. So even when I came there, I already checked up front to buy a car. So I there there was an app or a website from the university where people sell their cars, so you can easily mm-hmm. get something under one thousand dollar, and you didn't even the insurance was like fifty dollars for half a year or something. So actually, quite cheap and affordable. So yeah everyone should look into this if you stay there for a longer time in general at the universities and you want to have a bit more flexibilities you need to get a car Yep man first few years so when i came to the states when i came to the states i was under 21 and i didn't have a car so that was the worst possible time that you can have because you you don't have friends you don't know anybody when you make friends they don't want to take you anywhere because you're under 21 so just it's going to be a readjustment especially for people who are used to you know like being able to do things at age 18 yeah <laughs> you can't do that it's been so long ago that i i forgot all about it yeah I, so when <laughs> i came it was also already 20 one or 22 so 
I also did not experience with not being able to drink or go to bars because this actually makes it also quite charming to go to the US. I mean, if you're in Europe, you watch all the movies where they have house parties, they drink out of the red cups, they do beer pong, they get a keg of beer and you put a handstand on it and you chuck and people yelling at you. So actually, <laughs> all the things you see in the movies actually happens in real life, as long as you're above 21. So that kind of stuff that you saw in the movies, you think is true. So you, you saw it in the States. Yeah. So to a, yeah, like to a certain pie. degree, to a certain degree, I think it's true. So m many of the things you see in movies are quite iconic for the nightlife and the behavior of the people when it comes to partying. Yes, quite. Yes. I fully agree. So that's always something when I got home, then uh, I said, oh, it's like in the movies. You play beer pong, the red cups, everyone drinks a bit too much. But not, yeah. not that we did that with Patrick a lot, right? We... <laughs> 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 Maybe a little bit. Yeah, and then on the other side, I mean, there's not... That's not a real nightlife, right? There's no, all the clubs and bars have to close at one or latest two, I remember. Mm -hmm. But the supermarkets are, are open longer than the clubs. So then you have to do a lot of house parties. Yes. Yes, that's true. And I say, I think that's a quite charming picture of the US. And then once you have friends who, have their places a bit off campus and you can experience something like this. I think it's part of the experience, which I don't want to miss. It's a lot of fun. You meet a lot of people, different kinds of people. Some, so this makes it, yeah, this really forms also the experience. And that's something I can recommend to everyone to just make as many friends as possible and try to find some with a car above 21 <laughs> and live outside of campus. Yeah, it makes it more memorable. What about, uh, because you traveled in the States too, what would you say traveling? What tips would you give, recommendations? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I wanted to say next too. So depending where you are, I mean, in a few hours of car drive around you, you can find so, so many things. I mean, every state has their unique landmarks, the big cities, etc. So for us staying in Ohio, I remember we just rent a car from Enterprise. I don't want to lie, but I think it was $10 a day or $15 a day. You just rent a car and then you drive all the way to um, Chicago, near Gower Falls, all this stuff. It's just a few hours. So you can leave Friday after school. You drive there five, six, seven hours. You spend the weekends there, come back. And driving is, I, for me, super convenient. You do road trips with some of your fr new friends, your classmates. I think it's amazing and it's cheap. So the, to rent the car, the fuel is yeah. cheap. You and I went to Chicago, right? We went we to Chicago, there. yes. 
we drove. Yeah. And then we, we went to the... That was pretty cheap. Yes. And on the way back, we visited the most dangerous city in... <laughs> in, in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> Gary. Yeah, Indiana. I recently, <laughs> I recently found the news... Uh, the, they update the list of most dangerous cities. And I think you should check out the one from 2018 or 19. Might be a bit interesting and shocking as well. But yeah, I, I definitely recommend you just rent the car. Super easy, super cheap, and you do your road trips. I also, yeah, we also ran out of gas in Gary, Indiana. Yeah, that's that's where Michael Jackson was from. Yeah, Michael Jackson born there. Yeah. Um, I also did some trips. I just flew somewhere. I mean, there are airports literally everywhere around you. You make some like one hour drive and you are at the next airport. And flight tickets are, if you do domestic flights, are generally quite cheap. And so I took one to... The West Coast, I think it was like 100, I can't remember how much it was. But actually, everything is affordable. And once you're there, you should use the time to travel as much as possible. I mean, you never know when you have the chance to go back there and stay so long. So I use my the weekends or longer weekends to travel, explore. And yeah, so for me, the easiest definitely car. But plane, also quite easy, quite easy. And you can stay in, especially now the hostels and everything becomes more popular and more affordable. It makes it more fun too, because most of the other students like you from all over the world will be doing the same thing. Yes. So sleeping in hostels, I mean, I'm doing this now since I came to US in 2011-12. I only sleep in hostels. Now I'm a bit older, maybe less frequent now. But that's the best time ever. Sleeping in hostels, you meet so many other travelers around the world. They're all fun. You just meet, see them in your room. You just mingle around. Half an hour later, you go for dinner together or you explore the city together. Later on, you do like a pub crawl, have a beer with them. So it's easy to make friends. It's easy to have a good time. And of course, it's cheap. To sleep in a hostel, it's cheap. Get some ear, get some earplugs, and everything is fine. <laughs> Good times. So uh, we have a few more minutes left. And what about some? You know, like how's your experience with uh, the culture, like American people, and just in general in Midwest region? So. Good question, good question. I don't think the cultural shock for me was that high. I mean, that was not, that was not a real cultural shock. Uh, I think as a European, you easily fit into the American culture. So that's at least from my understanding. Of course, people have see things differently um, from a political reason sometimes or from a political point of view or the 
the way they get educated in school, what they learn for history, etc. But the mindset for of the younger people of our generation, we all grew up with Facebook and all this stuff, is relatively similar. And especially nowadays, everyone tries to travel a lot, wants to travel. You're, you're a bit more open-minded. You're not... Yeah, you're more open-minded, more extroverted and open for new things, happy to meet other people. So I think it, for me, it was generally great. I think compared to Asia, it's completely different. But the American culture, easy to fit in. Okay. How was it for you? I want to say that... Um... You know, at the beginning, it was very different. But I think because, you, again, you know, like, I think Germany is much more similar to America in some ways, especially, like, how more modern modern stuff is, you know, like the development part. Uh, just in the university, I, I studied in Germany for one semester, and that, the system was more close to American than it was to like the old Soviet kind that we still have. So there was a lot of adjustment like that. And people, because our culture is more, not like Asian, but Eastern, where it's like people are more social. Yeah. And I feel like the Western culture is a little bit more like individualistic. You know what I mean? Like people are more, reserved so there's like good sides to both but also like in azerbaijan people are often too much into your business you know like they want to know everything about you ask questions sometimes a little too much and compared to the united states people are opposite you know like they want to be by themselves they don't want to they don't want to open up as much so that was the biggest difference for me yeah, this one, I fully agree, especially at university, if you meet other foreign students, it's super easy to get in contact with. But with the American-Americans, yeah, they're a bit more hold back. So it's not that easy to make friends with them. And I think the interests are also different because, like, sports are different. Uh, and we, uh, the American shows are popular around the world. But, you know, it's difficult sometimes because the Americans would want to watch football, the American football. Most of us, when we went, I remember to the parties like that, it wasn't for the football. (laughs) It was was like a football party or Super Bowl party or whatever, but nobody really cared about that. Yeah, true. But, I mean, sports and societies it's like a really big thing for america and american universities so as long as you're a bit interested in so if you're not interested in sports you can find a society to meet friends but as long as you're interested in sports i think especially americans i think there are only two kinds of americans either the ones who hate sports and eat fast food or the ones who (laughs) hit hit the gym 24 7 and I realized so in the gym you made people, then we went for other sports activities, playing soccer or 
doing like martial arts and stuff. And that's my experience wise, the easiest way to get in, to get in contact or make friends with the locals. Not just other exchange students, but also the locals. If you go into the into a sports club, that's the easiest way to get in contact with and make friends. <laughs> I remember when you and I went to the gym at school, you didn't like how the guys would cut out their t-shirts. <laughs> and yeah, I think because... it still looks ridiculous. When you, they have a t-shirt and they make huge circles. Yes, you could see everything. <laughs> you could see the petty, everything. Yeah. <laughs> this was... Till uh, this day, 12 years. It was a lifestyle shop. <laughs> I mean, why would you dress like this? So you can never... <laughs> you can never get girls if you look like this all the time. But I think that time everyone was wearing it. And they really cut the shirts themselves just to look like this. Ah, <laughs> oh, why? That was. I remember, I remember you had one as well, no? Or Diego, he also was wearing yeah, one, and we made yeah. fun of him the whole time. <laughs> and one other thing, I remember actually when you, I think you broke your toe, right? Yes. So you came to my house. To my apartment and you were like you need to take me to the hospital so how did that go did you get a huge bill did you have to pay a lot or was it okay like if oh. you feel comfortable sharing about that oh thanks for bringing this up i completely forgot so yeah as i said at the beginning you have to have a health insurance when you come to the us but so when i had to go with my broken toe to the to the hospital, yeah, to the, yeah. What did I get? So they gave me some painkillers, an x-ray, some painkillers and like an orthopedic shoe to walk on it. So at the end it was like 1,000, close to 1,500 USD. But I had to pay cash up front, but my health insurance. So first of all, when I got into the hospital, they checked you have a health insurance. I said, yes, I have. I said, okay, fine. We we take care of you, but you also have to pay upfront. So my health insurance, they checked if I have one. I said, yes, fine. But they also asked me to, I did, no, I did not have to pay upfront. I had to pay later. I could transfer the money later on. But then I told my health insurance was um, reimburse me the money completely. Okay. But yeah, that's a good point of having a health insurance because otherwise it was quite expensive. And then a funny thing, so they gave me a lot of painkillers, which I clearly didn't need. And then I told <laughs> my classmates, yeah, I said, oh, I have all these painkillers. What do I do with that? And this guy said, oh, wow, you want to sell it? Apparently <laughs> to get proper painkillers is difficult. So, yeah, that's the huge issue now, but that would be like a different, even separate subject to talk about, about, you know, like the painkillers and the drugs. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, good point to bring it up. I mean, definitely, if you have a health insurance, just have your card with you or a copy of it that you have one. They take care of you. You transfer the money to them and your health and your insurance company at home 
reimburses you, it's fine. And the wow. hospital stay, I mean, the few hours I've been there, it's pretty much as everywhere else in the world for a developed country. Okay. So since we're going to close up in a few minutes, do you have any, we gave a few tips to, you know, potential students. Yeah. Uh, anything else you feel like you want to share before we finish? I think one quick sentence to books and study material. So what I ex experienced per semester, students spend easily $1,000 on books and materials, especially if you buy the books brand, brand new. But all they do is from year to year, they just change one or two words in the books. So I really mm -hmm. can recommend you go on the internet and buy the one, two, three year old version, which instead of the book is like $200 at the current year, you can get it for 50 or even less just because it's used and one or two years old. So instead of spending $1,000, you end up spending $150, $200. You have the same books and they just changed one or two words and made it a bit look more fancy. And you can either buy it online or you go on a bookstore, which was outside of campus at that time. And they also share uh, sold used books of previous years. So, mm -hmm. so if you want to save some money, don't buy the brand new books. The previous versions also all fine and you're good to go. Okay. That is, I can only say that's very true. Sometimes you can also rent books now. So see all the options. Don't try, don't pay the full price if you don't have to, because you're going to be stuck with the book after one semester. And you never look back into these books again. Yep. Never ever in your well, whole life. After you're done with studying, <laughs> you say, oh, yeah. So. That's very true. Well, I think that was a good uh, first episode. Since we're going to be co-hosting together, I think it gives a good idea to our listeners what it's going to be like with our future guests. I fully agree. Yeah. Thank you very much.